0: Welcome back into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. It's mid to late April, Brentley. The postseason is upon us, and we are already seeing surprises left and right with the men, with the women. It's exactly what you and I enjoy, but if you're a coach or a player. Yeah, maybe you'd be a little more apt for something right down the middle, but uh, I have a feeling this is just going to be the beginning of a bit of chaos for the next five or six weeks. Well, it's, it's upset season, right? Isn't that what they call it? I mean, this is like the time it. of year. Yeah. Upset season. The magic number is dropping plummeting right now. So I got my eye on that. It's uh, it's exciting. I mean, a lot of things going on in my life and this is just one of the uh, many chaotic things that are probably going to happen in the next few months. Yeah, like I mean, can we can we hold off on the baby till maybe early June, a couple weeks yeah, later? I'm, sure I'm, I'm sure your bride wouldn't mind, uh, all kidding aside, hope things yeah, are well. Yeah, what's going a few well. more weeks, right? Oh, don't. Trust me. Do not say that to someone that's 35 weeks pregnant or, <laughs> or wherever you're at. That won't go well. Um, so we got a lot <laughs> to talk about. We're going to get right into it. Stuart Burke, uh, the head of women's golf coach at Tulane University, going to join us in just a moment to talk about their surprise victory in their conference championship. But first and foremost, as you guys know, College Golf Talk brought to you by Velocity Global as they seamlessly connect employers and talent, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Its global work platform is built on cloud-based technology, compliance expertise, an unmatched scale in three, uh, excuse me, 185 countries in all 50 United States. The world of work is forever changed. We know talent can live anywhere, work for anyone, and get the job done. More than a 1,000 businesses engage top talent in another state or another country without the need to set up a foreign entity or registration, and they rely on Velocity Global to make it simple and compliant. Velocity Global, accelerating the future of work. To learn more, visit velocityglobal.com golf. And with that, the man... We just spoke about Stu Burke joining us after that conference championship. Went into those conferences about 92nd in the country. Needed something special to happen. It did happen. Stu, congratulations. Good to catch up, my friend. It's been too long. How do you process what the last 48 hours or so has been like for you and your program?
1: Oh, it's it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, the The ladies just they did a, they did a tremendous job. And, um, you know, I heard you saying it's surprise season. We, we weren't surprised as, as coaches, we get to see them every day and we know how talented they are. Um, for them to, to put it all together, especially after a really slow start and the nerves on the first round was, was, was a really cool thing to, to see as a coach.
0: Yeah. And I, and I'll, uh, step back a surprise from our standpoint, as you said, you know, your team better. And if someone happened to look at the rankings, uh, maybe from the outside in, but what have you seen in this group you've had that gave you the indication that, Hey, you know what? I don't care. where We are ranked. We believe that we could get the job done.
1: Well, going into the, you know, the first question when we were on the plane was like, what have we got to do to keep our season going? Um, There was no talk about, you know, summer or final exams or anything like that. You know, they, they prepared well for the golf course. Uh, they, the upperclassmen were telling the younger girls, "Hey, here's what to expect from this course. Here's shots you're going to need to be able to hit. Here's things we're going to need to be able to see." Um, and they were just echoing what we were doing as coaching staff to uh, to help them prepare. So collectively as a group, everybody was was ready to to go when the gun went off. And um, you know, I think I think the nerves kicked in a little bit in round
0: one, um, and then they you know they played like they played like the ladies we see every day. Well, Berko. To be fair, they they were ninety second in the rankings, but this is a this is a totally different team this spring. Stu, can you just talk about the the two additions you had in January and how those two players have made your team, you know, infinitely better? Yeah, we
1: we were fortunate. We um, you know we recruited Carla Burnett from Spain. Uh, she came in ranked at the number thirty on the Wagger. Uh, she played in Anwa uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and got some great experience there. Um, we also brought in Matilda Nassante. Uh, she was from uh, Florence in Italy. Uh, she was a top uh, 300 ranked player in the Wagger, which uh, which really helped us as well. And and just their competitive experience uh, coming into a group that was already you know very competitive added us that little bit extra depth. And you know if you look at our lineup throughout the spring, our, our five spot was a, a rotating door. Um, and, you know, we had the opportunity to take an
0: individual a couple of times, and
1: uh, we, we got settled on what we thought was the best lineup for, uh, for conference.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I know you'll agree with me, Stu, but I, I think y- your guys' victory a couple of days ago, probably one of the best stories, like just not even talking about golf, but just feel-good stories of the season, and that you guys, the beginning of your season was upended uh, because of Hurricane Ida just talk about how this team has overcome that adversity to get where you are now
1: yeah we were actually uh, we were on our team retreat uh, we left on on Friday and uh, the weather forecast has said we were going to have a, a category one or two hurricane pass through and it was shelter in place people were to stay on campus so uh, we were about two hours north, um, just outside Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We were, we were playing golf up there and uh, doing some team bonding stuff. And uh, we, we sat and watched the, uh, you know, the, the, the hurricane strengthen as it, as it hit land. And it was just under Category 5 when it hit. And, you know, New Orleans was really fortunate. We just had uh, – we really just had our power knocked out. Um, if, you, if you believe what you see on the, the television with the pictures, uh, a lot of that was from Katrina. Um, and, you know, we, we were then told the athletic department was going to, uh, was going to relocate to Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we stayed for another week. Uh, we were helped out by the university of Southern Mississippi with their strength facility. Um, you know, we also practiced out of their golf course for you know five more days. And then we, uh, we, we, we headed up to Birmingham, Alabama and we were there for around four to five weeks. That was home base. We traveled to all four of our fall, uh, tournaments from there.
0: Stu, how much did that for young women just trying to play golf, just trying to go to school, but realizing that the world can present things that are much more uh, important, devastating, however you want to phrase it, especially to an area like New Orleans, like Louisiana, and what Katrina did to Tulane back in the, what was it, 05, 06, and especially the golf programs. I mean, this was maybe a, a a scenario where, where folks that have been there for so long might've said, Oh my goodness, here we go again.
1: I think honestly, Burko, the uh, you know, the city was prepared and that's what you'll see with uh, with new Orleans and Tulane. Like there was a plan. It wasn't uh, grab your stuff and get out. Um, and that's why the the damage and the devastation that that could have could have happened at, at, at any other U S city didn't happen in, uh, in New Orleans. You know, I'm, I'm proud of my university, you know they kept us up to date they knew everything that was going on and you know we had a we had a pretty nice spot up in uh, in birmingham it was uh we stayed in the Sheraton hotel we were the only people in there uh, it was our whole athletic department we had use of the conference rooms and we had use of everything that we needed for team meetings et cetera and um, and I think the girls you know being away from campus and their, um, their other regular student friends, that's, that's tough, but to to be walking around and seeing film for football being run in one room and, you know, swim and dive in another room. And, um, really it was, it was a, you know, athletic department family up there. And we, you know, we made the best of it.
0: That's really refreshing to, to hear. I think folks like us that are older and know that golf and the big picture of things is, is very minute compared to, the first world uh, real life problems. So that, that's, uh, that's awesome that you guys were prepared and ready to go. Uh, Stu, your journey to get to this point included a stop at USC where you were the associate head coach. What did you learn from those three years out in California of being one of the best teams competing for national championships that you've tried to instill not only in this group in particular, but your program as you look to build something.
1: Yeah, I was very fortunate to work for, uh, for Coach Gaston and uh, for Coach Silverstein. You know, they, uh, they ran a, a really nice program there. And I think one of the, the main things is just the, the level of competition. Um, you know, every one of those players could play. Every one of those players could be an All-American. And, um, you know, they worked incredibly hard. You know, they were, they were driven to compete. They set goals. They, they took care of business and the mental side, the weight room. You know, they never really left any stone unturned. And that's, that's what we're instilling it to line. You know, these, uh, these players that uh, we have on our program right now, they, you know, they, they know brick by brick, what we're, what we're trying to do. And we're, we're starting to see the success on it. Uh, Change is always tough. It's always tough for a group of, a group of people when a new coach comes in and, um, you know, it's. For me, I think that the main thing was, um, you know, I want to re- I want to return this program to, to where it's been in the past. Um, they've had some great coaches, and you know, this is a phenomenal opportunity for for myself and these ladies to leave our own legacy at Tulane.
0: Now, before we started the podcast and press record, we were. Going over the regionals and next Wednesday, we're going to announce where every team is going. And, and I asked you where you wanted to go. I mean, there's several options, great golf courses, University of Michigan, Karsten Creek, Stanford, Vanderbilt Legends Club. But is there a regional that you guys kind of have circled and that you're hoping to to maybe, you know, compete at?
1: Yeah, I mean I I think it would be it would be kinda cool for us to go to, to Tallahassee in Florida. Um when we were when we were leaving the hotel at the end of our uh time away from uh New Orleans, we were heading to Jacksonville. And uh, you know, Coach Bond at, at uh, Florida State let us use our practice facility on the way down there. We we were there overnight. We were we practiced for, you know, three to four hours on the way to the golf tournament. So um, that was our our kind of breathe out moment. Like, oh, we're going back. We're going we're going home. I was getting to see my family. The players were getting to see their friends and, and getting back to the you know dorm life and house life and our and our own environment. So, I think that would be kind of cool to see things uh, come full circle there. If if it doesn't, you know, we'll be prepared for anywhere they, uh, anywhere we go.
0: Now, this is a special week too, in that it's Zurich Classic week. So you told me a few of your players, assistant coach, are are working the the tournament right now. But for those listening who who may be going to New Orleans in the near future or maybe down the road, are, do you have some favorite food spots? What what, what are your best food recommendations for uh, for a little New Orleans weekend getaway? Well, absolutely. Uh, Acme Oyster House is a
1: must. Uh, Acme, are a big supporter of our university as well, so. There you Um, go. Not (laughs) not only is it a great spot. um, If you're looking for something a little more high end, uh, Chop House uh, is another great steak place down in the um, down in the French Quarter. Uh, If you're looking for something a little bit more laid back and studenty, I'd say Dat Dog by uh, by our University is is a cool spot uh, to go. And you know this, everybody that comes to to visit Tulane or comes to see me, the best burger. And all of New Orleans is actually at TPC Louisiana, where we where we practice and play. It is the best cheeseburger you will get in mm-hmm. the, the city of New Orleans. So, uh, a little plug for them too.
0: It's only eight a.m., but I'm I'm starving. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a burger later. Sounds yeah. good, Burko. I, I'm not afraid of a shrimp po' boy at Mother's either.
1: Oh, Mother's yeah. is so good. Oh. oh. Also, also a good, good spot. Frankie and Johnny's is a little bit closer to campus. So we, we try and stay in our, uh, in our little bubble there at uptime. But yeah, I think you guys, uh, I think you guys know our city is probably the best in America for food. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll argue that with anyone.
0: As Brentley said, it's early on a Thursday morning, but we're all hungry. uh, So we'll have to deal with that for the rest of the day. Uh, Stu, always good to catch up. It's been too long. More importantly, congrats to you and the team. Um, keep it rolling in regionals. Let's see if we can't keep this going all the way to Greyhawk. Thanks, guys, and roll wave. There you go, Stuart Burke, head women's golf coach at Tulane. Brentley, what a story, really. Uh, we talked about the chaos of this time of year, and uh, I've known Stu a while, but but it is surprising from the outside in. You know what I mean? It, yes, some changes. Yes, they dealt with things, but when you're 92nd, and he alluded to it we're on the plane. Are we getting ready for summer school or how do we find a way, you know, to, to keep going? And even after the, the first 18 holes, the first round, you're like, okay, they're done, but they weren't. So really credit to Stu and those, uh, those women for finding a way. Yeah. It was 10 shot rally on the final day. I believe it was. I mean, that's uh, that's some pretty impressive golf. And I think there's something to be said to Burko, overcoming adversity and overcoming displacement i mean as you said their athletic department was basically in birmingham alabama for the better part of two months i mean that's that's not easy and and for a team to overcome that and then you add two great players i mean carla carla bernard was playing in the Augusta national women's amateur that's a huge get for that program it just seems like uh i mean this is what you hope for as a coach right it, it all comes together at the right time and i'll tell you what they'll probably get a I don't know, maybe an 11th seed or a 10th seed, something like that. I I don't know exactly how many seeds there are now because we have two extra regionals. But they're going to be a high seed, and I would not want to face them if I'm a 4 or a 5 and hoping to try to get into Greyhawk. They got a chance, and that's all that matters. If you are a fan of Tulane, we're going to rip through it. There are a lot of conference wrap-ups that we're going to jump into, and we're going to start right out west, the pac 12 I found a way to omit Stanford as one of the teams to beat as a mistake. Of course, the selection I went with Oregon ducks at home. Um, they're really, really, really good in some difficult, cold, rainy conditions. Oregon's conference champs. Well, you, you omitted Stanford and then they kind of omitted themselves by finishing second, but didn't have Rachel hack. I, I think you insert her into the lineup and, And it's probably a different story, but I mean, I I don't know how much home course advantage really played into it. It, I think it maybe takes away from what Oregon has done all year and that they're really good. They're the second ranked team in the country. They're probably playing like the best team in the country right now. We've talked before about Cynthia Lou and how she may be the best player that no one talks about. She goes out and wins the individual title beats Roseanne by four shots. Oregon it, we had Derek Radley on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Right. And you just have a feeling that this could be the year that they, that they get it done. I mean, four players in the top 23 golf stat. The last time I checked, the rankings were updated yesterday. So I got to look back and make sure that's right. But still four players in the top 25 or so Brianna Shacone's that other player, she was, she was in the Anwa, So she's no slouch either. This is a dangerous team. One through five, that's not a team that I want to be standing across in the first tee on a Tuesday at Greyhawk in the quarterfinals. It's amazing how the narrative has changed, at least from my perspective and probably yours for, oh, for Stanford. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stanford four team or five to... months ago, we're talking about the best team ever to, okay, who's your five player? Because they haven't quite figured that out yet. Let's hope Rachel Heck was just – under the weather and non COVID that she's back in Um, from my two cents, looking at it from high above, they're certainly not in trouble, but, but this is far from a foregone conclusion that they're going to just cruise through regionals and cruise into match play. I I think there are moments as I look at their spring season, which Stanford's going to show up. And, And it's, it's crazy to think that, Um, but that straight path to that championship match, you know, five weeks from now at Greyhawk, I don't see it anymore. I don't see it as easily and as clearly as it once was. Yeah. If if anything, this shows the other teams that Stanford is not invincible. And sometimes that's all you need in terms of confidence is to know that you can be, because if you show up at a tournament, right. And you don't, and you think to yourself, Oh, there's no shot. Like we got no shot in being Stanford, then you're not going to beat Stanford. But now that Oregon's done it a few times, San Jose State certainly done it a couple times. They just won the Mountain West. There's, uh, I mean, there's probably I don't know what, maybe six or seven teams that that got to think that they have a good shot. Yeah, I think that's a fair number. I think that's a fair number, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. And one of those teams, you know, as we jump to the SEC. Is led by someone that, if I had a vote now, I might vote to win the Annika Award, and that's Ingrid Lindblad. And, and I to think that I would say that, and you've heard <laughs> me sort of slightly going back and forth on the seesaw. Right now, today, I'd vote for Ingrid Lindblad winning the Annika Award, as she won Boy, SECs. I mean, great minds think alike. I had this exact same. Well, I wouldn't call it a conversation, but I, I talked about this on golf central a couple nights ago. And that Rose Ng isn't the shoe in for the Yannick award for the player of the year that, that we thought she was. And that's no knock on Rose. I think it's more of a Testament to just how Ingrid's played these last couple months, but Rose hasn't won since the fall. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I tend to wait these tournaments right now, late, late in the spring, obviously conference regionals, nationals, these are worth, five times as much as winning a fall event, just because it matters more. And, you know, teams are building momentum and, and they, they figured out who they are. So for Ingrid to win four of her last five events, Eagle the last hole at Greystone to win the individual title. I'm with you. I, if, if you give me a a pencil right now and, and hand me the voting slip and ask me to drop it in the box, I, I might be writing Ingrid's name on there. I, I, think, I think right now I would be. Yeah, and I'm not sure we're great minds, but at least we're similar minds. Well, yeah, uh, similar minds. And, and, and I'd probably say 2X. I wouldn't say it for me 5X. But, yeah, you start getting hot in the postseason. And let's be honest, some of the people are going to vote. Well, Ingrid just won three in a row. They're going to yeah. forget what Rose did in the fall. Or it won't be front and center. And, um, you know, you take a look at what she's doing. You take a look. At LSU, they're one of those teams now that I think can go out west. And if they continue to play like that, be a factor to win it all. So it's going to be intriguing uh, to watch what Garrett Runyon's squad will do. And the same now, I think, was always on a short list from the ACC, Wake Forest, getting the job done and seemingly all coming together at the right time. Yeah, and I, I was pretty impressed. Uh you know, just just Duke. You, you, we we kind of you know, kind of ruled them out uh, you know, earlier this spring once Gina Kim left and they were able to, you know, boast the the top two individual finishers and in Phoebe Brinker and Erica Shepard. They obviously lose in the first round of match play. But so there's there's some other squads in the ACC that I think have to be feeling pretty good about themselves, but yeah, Wake Forest is just in a, a, a different class. They're in a league of their own in this conference, and frankly, one of the best two or three teams in the country. It, it, this isn't surprising at all. Rachel Keen, this time of year, she's one of those alpha players that just puts the team on, you know, on her back and gets the job done. And if Carolina Shakara can stay healthy, remember during the ANWAC, she she battled that right forearm injury soreness maybe a little bit of nerve irritation she didn't play that well in stroke play t35 she looked a little better in match play if if she is healthy if lauren walsh continues to play how she did in stroke play she tied for third this is a dangerous team too this is you know that that one through five talent that that we look for in terms of projecting who's going to win it all so yeah I'm, i'm not surprised and this is exactly what Wake Forest needed to do real quickly back to Duke if Phoebe Brinker can play like that if Erica Shepard steps up like that I now have a li- I'm more bullish on them if they can continue that trend with their two leaders being yeah they need, third. Third. I, I they need a third I think agreed there's still yeah. work but if those two can play like that you can cover up some some holes Mm-hmm. Uh, in my estimation, so those are some of the biggies. But we also had some smaller conferences, just as important one-shot victories on three different <laughs> platforms. That just adds to the dynamic of what this uh, part of the season's all about. Yeah, the the Patriot League, Boston uh, Edge, I believe it was Richmond, the Missouri Valley, and I'm doing this all off the top of my head, so hopefully I don't get it wrong, but. Illinois edge, Missouri State, I believe, in the Missouri Valley and Austin Il- Peay State. Il- I- State. Illinois State. Yeah. Illinois State out of the Missouri Valley. You said Illinois. Did I? I'm trying Oops. to help you. <laughs> All good. Well, you know what? Uh, Illinois would definitely win that conference. But, yeah, Illinois State over Missouri State. And then Austin Peay in the Ohio Valley. Uh, I probably should have had this up, Burko, but they they won by a shot over. Couldn't tell you, over the team that came in second. Yeah, actually, you know what? I, Come on, make, make it happen. It's a I, podcast. I, can, I got time to look this up. Yeah, I can it, I can tap dance for you. Uh two teams: Belmont and Moorhead State. So there you go. Thirty-seven over to thirty-eight over. All of those teams, automatic qualifiers into rich or uh, into regionals. None of those moved the number. Um, yeah. I mean, th- this talking about your, you have to play your way in, and those three teams went and did it. And I believe, I believe, Burko, that this was Austin P's first women's golf conference title in the Ohio Valley. So congrats to what's their mascot? I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, boy. Oh. They can't, can't come up with it. I'm not going to Google it. I'm not going to hit the Austin P. Do not know. The, the governors. They had their governors the in order. <laughs> All right. The they, got, they, 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 took, they took the govs off their uh, their their vehicles and uh, rolled along. Magic number, though, you, you touched on it. We're now maybe seeing it in the high 50s after New Mexico State uh, upsets Sam Houston in the whack. Yeah, it was at 61 just a few days ago, and a whole bunch of – so there's two things that could happen, right? You could either have an upset of a team outside the number, upset a team inside the number at a conference championship, that moves the number, and then the rankings get updated kind of midway through conference championships on Tuesday night, and teams could slide. So College of Charleston, who won the Colonial, they were at – I think they were at like 57 or 58 – they win their conference championship and they drop two spots. Now that's dependent on teams that they've played common opponents, all of that, but they drop out of the number. So the number all of a sudden went from 61 all the way down to 58. You had Sam Houston get upset in the whack, which is, I mean, how about this Burko Sam Houston state was in the Southland, right? Mm-hmm. They're in the whack this year. Guess what conference they're going to be in next year. Tell me. Conference USA. I mean, just stay in a conference. I mean, what's the point of – so I, I had the number wrong because I forgot that Sam Houston was in the WAC, but they're only going to be there for, for a year. So, um, so anyways, they they moved the number by uh, falling to – man, put, put me on the spot here. By falling I mean, College of Charleston New, is around 60. Mexico State. Yeah, yeah. So, so New Mexico State won the WAC. Um, they upset Sam Houston that moved it down. I'm scrolling through the results. Um, Furman wins the SoCon that didn't move the number North Florida wins the A-Sun. They were inside the number that didn't move it. Um, Oh, Tulane. I mean, we had Stuart Burke on that, that moved the number down. The UCF and Tulsa were both inside the number. UCF was the 28th ranked team in the country. So that was a, that was a really nice upset at, at Pinehurst resort by, by Tulane. And, Yeah. I I think there's two more conferences now to watch because the number could get down to 56. It could go back up. If call college of Charleston filters back inside that mark next Tuesday night, but the summit league with Denver, although I would say that Denver is probably a huge favorite there. And then um, and then the Mac, which, which Kent state should, should win that as well. So I think smart money has the number staying right there on 58, which of course brings us to our bubble teams, Pepperdine right there on, uh, right on the bubble. Our colleague, Brant Packard, who apparently is a friend of the program. One of the <laughs> you know, six people who listen to this podcast, um, <laughs> and his Tennessee Vols are, at, are at 59 and sweating it out big time. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting over the next five or six days as we lead you up into our uh, regional women's selection show next Wednesday. Uh, Quick look ahead, excuse me, quick look ahead, Big 12s, Big 10s for the ladies coming up. I'm going Baylor. I'm going Michigan. I like the Michigan pick. I think you're right on that. I'm going to go Texas. Okay. For, for for no other reason than I think that Oklahoma State is not the same team that they were clearly in the fall, and I, I just I like one through five. I, I like Texas a little bit better than I do Baylor. I think I think Bo Park has has come on. I think Bentley Cotton has proven that she could be a, a serviceable player for Brian Murphy's squad. So I'm going to go Texas. All right, all right. I'm gonna cancel right now. It seems like I've been I talk about Texas, whether it's the women or the men, every single. I can't can't stop you on those folks from Austin. Uh, A lot of men's big conference championships underway. Gonna be underway until we reconvene next week. What jumps out to you? I mean, we could obviously spend another 30 minutes on it. We're not (laughs) going to do that. But is there maybe some story or some team or some conference that intrigues you maybe a little more than others? I think you have to start with the SEC, right? Just because there's probably five to six teams that could win it and then maybe more because match play is, is, is such a fickle beast. But I want to see what Arkansas does just because this is a squad that I think has the potential to be one of the best teams in the country. And they've showed that at times, but then they haven't showed that at times. So I'm looking for someone like Julian Perico, someone like Segundo Pinto to really step it up these you know handful of days in Sea Island. Arkansas, of course, won this two years ago or three years ago. They were runner up last year. So they've proven they can have success and so I'm, I'm looking for them to kind of show that hey we, we can hang with Vanderbilt and I'm also looking at a team like Tennessee I mean we talked about how the women are on the bubble the men will get into regionals but this is a this team is a far cry from where we projected them at in the preseason so the SEC is something I'm looking at obviously the big 12 with the heavy hitters at the top with Oklahoma and Texas, Oklahoma State—that'll be fun to watch um, at Whispering Pines, great golf course. And so, yeah, those are probably the two that that I have circled. The Big Ten is usually Illinois to win every year, and it's pretty much the Illini and everybody else. Pac-12 should be a little interesting. And what am I missing? Oh, ACC. ACC is what—it's funny. That's the one that sort of jumps out to me from well, the perfect. standpoint. In the fall, I'd said North Carolina's the team to watch. I still believe they can make some noise at Greyhawk, but I need to see them step up at this point of the season and make a statement. I'm also intrigued by Georgia Tech, a squad that's picking up wins here and there. I think they've got three or four on the season. And is this the year? Always, I always throw it out there, Georgia Tech, men's golf has never won a national championship for all the players, for all the opportunities. They, they never won. They never won. And I know you've talked about them that maybe this is the year Bruce Hepler's team can find a way. I mean, the talent's there. Yeah. One through five, as I talked about before, they're, they're a pretty balanced squad and, I, I say that I like them. I like them as, as a sleeper. I, I don't necessarily believe that they're a team that can win at all, but I do think that they can make things interesting. And And they they got into that 15-team cut last year. Uh, they beat TCU. I think so, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, maybe it was sounds really, right. Maybe that it was the other way right. around. But regardless, they were in that playoff, so they had proven that they weren't one of the best 15 teams last year. They had Ross Steelman, so they've arguably gotten better. I'm not going to go crazy and, and and say that that drought is, is going to end finally, but I'm just saying that they're a respectable team and it would not surprise me if they're in that mix to get into the top eight. I, I just don't think they can win at all. All right. Thank you for clarifying. They, they, don't a, they don't have a stud. Like you, you need, you need a stud or, or two studs like Oklahoma has, or like Texas has. Um, but but you, need a, you need kind of a, a leader, an alpha, and then you need two through five to be really good as well. And I just don't know if Georgia Tech, if they have a, a, any singular player that stands out like that. Fair enough. You've, you've cleared the air on the Ramblin' wreck from Georgia Tech. We touched on it earlier. Next Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, will be part of the Women's Regional Selection Show. Then we'll probably do a pod after. Maybe we'll have some fun. Who we like out of these regionals. Sort of pen yeah, like to paper over the next couple of weeks. And we'll keep rolling along as, I mean, it's here. I, I really feel like it was just after Labor Day. What was that? Six, seven, eight months ago. It seems like <laughs> seems like yesterday, but we were just <laughs> kicking it off. And for a lot of teams, the next two to three weeks, while well, the coaches won't say the player. I mean, this is make or break this will dictate how their season's going to be looked at positive, yeah. positively, negatively, somewhere in between. I don't envy the the amount of pressure that some of these players and coaches are going to be on. And it's th- something else to think about too. And what a lot of people may not realize there's some teams that are right in the middle of final exams and they get all these other distractions. And then there's other teams that are kind of done. So once we start getting into these regionals, there's going to be some teams that are stressing out about schoolwork and then other teams that are 100% focused on golf. So that's another kind of wrinkle to look at, um, especially some of these schools that have the quarter system. And um, so that's another wrinkle. But, yeah, you're right. This is uh, I, I definitely feel for the, the type of pressure because all, all we have to do is just sit here and talk about it. We don't have to yeah, hit a it, golf shot So exactly. It's very <laughs> and, and easy. And we like chaos. So yeah. I, I like pressure it. I embrace yeah, it. Pressure. So uh yeah, we'll continue to keep you updated, informed, educated, hopefully along the way. Uh because this is it. The road to Greyhawk is uh, fast and furious. You better get in that far left lane, hit the gas and don't look back. Uh again, regional selection show next Wednesday on golf channel, four PM Eastern. And then we'll fire up another pod to uh, drop a week from now on Thursday. Brentley, always a pleasure, my friend. I think you're going to go tee it up. Go have some fun. I'm up in Connecticut. Going to host Golf Central the next four days. We'll keep busy. We'll keep monitoring. We'll keep watching. We'll do it again on College Golf Talk next week. So long, everyone.